Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio, hour number three, as we are headed to the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, and we are going live on location in Nashville, as the man himself, Bo Bounds, is at the SEC Basketball Tournament. What's up, boss? Hey, dude. Can I officially be a correspondent now? Yeah, insider. Insider. You're an insider. I've I've been in the business for 20 years. And now I'm finally a correspondent. I, I'm live on, on scene, whatever that is. Live on location. Uh, live on location. That's right. I, I don't I didn't have my uh my T V weather voice going, but uh anyway, what the hell. How you doing, man? Man, rocking and rolling. It's uh I mean, who'd have thought we'd have back to back state Ole Miss SEC basketball games today? Well, one of one team's playing for as you know, um, yeah, you got an iconic player that you know Mississippi State has enjoyed watching, and Tolu Smith, and you want to see him get an opportunity to play in the big dance. So uh, there is a lot on the line, and you got to score one more point. I guess really against a team that you're really evenly matched with, and I don't know how much to take away first time they. This big man is out, 
show. He played in the first game. And anytime anybody's out that, that you know, knocks out significant minutes in whatever sport we're, we're talking about, um, there is some kind of adjustment on the team. So we'll see what uh, Tolu Smith and, and Cam Matthews and maybe even uh, McNair and, of course, Livingston – I mean, Jones, sorry um, – Jones has the capability to play around the rim, too, so we'll see how that looks. DJ Jeffries with the dude and and kind of um, – we had a heck of a night last night in uh, in Murfreesboro. Um, went to Steakhouse 5. Went to Steakhouse 5. Good place, good spot. Um, it's not Kessler or the spots that we have, but uh, solid, solid plus. And then um, we tripped over the buddy that I'm staying with. That they build about 800 houses a year, and he built this bar. We may be losing you, boss. We're going to try to get a better connection with Bo Bounds. This is the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, we are live in the Bank Plus Studio, trying to get Mr. Bo Bounds on location in Nashville. But you know how the Gremlins are. Those gremlins will uh, will sometimes get you with that with that call signal. So we're going to try it again. This is Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. As Bo Bounds said, the Out of Bounds show is powered by Kessler Prime in the Renaissance. Visit KesslerPrime.com for a reservation. Mr. Bo Bounds, you back? Hey, the there gremlins got me. Can yeah, we, me? Had, we were losing you a little bit. You said you went and ate in Murfreesboro at a steakhouse, and then, and then what was next? You got to keep me going. All right, all right. So, so the friend of mine that I'm staying with, he 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 works for a company. They build about 800 homes a year up here. Okay, and and so he built this. He built his own house, obviously, or that company did whatever. And he built this bar. I haven't really ever seen it at a residential level. It's amazing. And uh, we may have tripped into some Woodford Double Oak and some Pappy last night. Hello. So it just uh, it just kept going. And going, and uh, and some of his buddies from the neighborhood came over, and it was a good time. So we had a uh, we had a great time. I'm trying to stay in one place where it shows that I have three bars, so I'm not moving. And you know, I'm proud of me you. not walking around is uh, it's kind of weird. So I'm just taking really slow, small turns as I as I talk to you. <laughs> Your dedication to success is unmatched. It really is, honestly. Kind of like Jordan when he was at the Bulls. Um. All right. Well, uh, what what else is happening? Is well, everybody locked into this game at noon? I I think we are. I think that you know we based on the text line and and the interaction, I think there's a couple things going on. You, you obviously still kind of waiting for the Chris Beard announcement from Oxford, uh, which is sure. interesting. And then obviously state fans locked in for their tournament game. I don't I don't I'm not sure if any Ole Miss fans know their basketball team won yesterday, other than those that were listening to me in the seven o'clock segment. Um, but then the the other thing is, you know, Zach Arnett and Kevin Barbet got their first commitment of the 2024 class yesterday. Four, oh, they did? Four star that. quarterback Josh Flowers out of Mobile, Alabama, 6'2, 205. Interesting. Commitment. With Teddy at Starpole. Yeah, commitment okay. number one for the 2024 class. He uh, goes to Baker High School, which is where Blaine Causell, former tackle for the Dogs, also went. I did not see that. I saw that Ole Miss 
landed the the line back, four star linebacker from Winona two days ago, and and that I guess they're going to try to make that a two quarterback class. I think that, I mean, they may can pull it off. I think it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, but with Petty at Startable to get this, you know, they're recruiting him, Petty at Startable, the quarterback, really hard. Of course, Startable just won the 6A state championship in the first for the first time in years. They actually played offense, which was amazing, um, <laughs> uh, considering the athletes that they have, and they act, you know, and they look good in the in the 6A state championship game. And, and that young man, he's not super big. He's kind of more of a Bryce Young, a little bit bigger. But, um, all right, so tell me the name of this kid from Mobile again. Josh Flowers. He is a okay, – uh, I saw Steve or somebody yep. write about him earlier in the yep. week and that he was up for, I guess, junior – because I know Kiffin and Arnett are, are hosting people left and right uh, as we get into the to the spring – for junior days, that's interesting. I, evidently, Barbe really liked him because I guess that could put Petty at Starble in jeopardy. But you got to go with what you, you know, what you feel like is right. So, um, okay, Ole Miss lands a monster commitment this week. Linebacker out of Wadona, four star. Mississippi State gets a four star quarterback. Here we go, Blake, for the twenty twenty four class. That's right. It never. never <clears throat> I was going to say it never stops. It never stops moving, does it? No. No, it doesn't. So, what? How do you feel? I got I got Mississippi State by one point today. How do you feel about the game? Well, so I I hit Bartu's uh, little take earlier. You know, he had Florida winning this game by one uh, oh, when right. when he came on on Tuesday. So I, you know, I think State and Jans are a better gelled team than Florida at this point than when they played last. But I don't. Agreed. That doesn't mean you're winning, right? Sure. So I'm trying to take all the bias out of it. I think it will be difficult for Mississippi State to score because that's the way it's been all the time, and it always feels like when you go to these arenas, teams can struggle to score. But if Florida also does struggle to score, that's in Mississippi State's favor. So I'm going to lean right. towards the dogs, like you are. Maybe like again, if it was betting, I'd take the pick 'em, but not much more than that, right? So it was at three because my buddy just said he he bought it down to two. Um, it was three state minus three. He bought it down to two. Of course, I'm sure you can. There's all kinds of different numbers and books out there. Um, and so that's what I was told about an an hour ago. At three, I would take Florida because uh, I think Mississippi State wins by one or two. I expect a um, a really really close competitive game. But uh, need the dogs to win, need to get a team in the big dance, need to get some excitement next week. Um, and it'd be nice if they skirted, Blake, the uh, play-in game on Tuesday, I guess, in Dayton or whatever it is. Yeah, you know? th- there's never – you know, the new era of, of March Madness is weird, but that play-in game just doesn't feel like a real game, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Once you're in it, you want to win it, but no. Correct, yeah. <laughs> you never want to lose, but I'm with you. You'd like to see them avoid the play-in and just be in. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. Bo Bounds live on location. Correspondent Bo Bounds live on location from Nashville, the SEC men's basketball tournament. Dogs and Gators tip off at 12 today. You're going to be locked in. And if you missed any of uh, Dave Bartu's comments on men's basketball, you can check them out on the Out of Bounds podcast. 
uh, wherever you get your podcast, search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds, or of course, YouTube, Out of Bounds Sports. We'll get a little more Nashville insight coming up next on the other side. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, live in the Bank Plus studio. It's SEC Tournament Day as the Dogs take on the Gators in Nashville coming up at 12 o'clock. Bulldogs need a win to get into the NCAA Tournament. Florida trying to do the same thing. I mean, they're Florida's trying to battle for the same type of spots and seedings and things like that. It's not going to be an easy game. It's going to be a tough one. I imagine most of you will be locked in. Once that game tips off here at 12, not a lot of work going on around lunchtime here in the state of Mississippi. Blake Scott sitting in for Bow Bounds, as uh, we just heard from the incomparable one, on location in Nashville. He's headed over to Bridgestone Arena to watch the Dogs and the Gators play in a little basketball action. Chris Jans and company trying to make the tournament in year one. We heard from Mike Dettelier and Dave Bartu. Already today, talking a little college football, a little NFL discussion. You know, it's crazy. Lots of <clears throat> lots of smoke, lots of rumors heating up around Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Could Aaron Rodgers really mimic Brett Favre's career to a T? I mean, that's crazy, right? Favre, drafted by Atlanta, but gets to Green Bay. Has an incredible career, a Hall of Fame career, but one Super Bowl. And then as the sands of time continue to trickle down the hourglass, Brett Favre was ushered out of Green Bay in favor of the younger Aaron Rodgers. And Favre left and went to the New York Jets. That's right. He finally finished up at Minnesota. The irony of finishing up at your hated rival. But Favre goes from Green Bay to New York. Now, 18 years later, here we sit. And Brett Favre's protege might not be the right word, but the guy who followed Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, who had a Hall of Fame career, albeit with just one Super Bowl, is now also headed. He's also headed to the New York Jets, or so it seems. The Jets and their ownership group front office flew out to California to visit with Aaron Rodgers and his group, and uh, now we just wait. We await the decision from Rodgers as to whether or not he wants to leave 
the frozen tundra of Green Bay and head on east to New York City. The, the bright lights in New York City. That's right. But it's just interesting that he would follow so closely the career of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, of uh, Green of Brett Favre. Excuse me. Too many Green, Green Bay quarterbacks to try to keep straight. But there is optimism in the Jets building about getting Aaron Rodgers. So it makes me, you know, what a big name to move. We've seen in recent years big-name quarterbacks move at a rate that we haven't seen ever really in the NFL. Deshaun Watson goes from Houston to Cleveland. Russell Wilson goes from Seattle to Denver. Now you have Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay, and he's headed to the New York Jets most likely. Now, there's always a chance he may not go. I mean, it's, it's up to Aaron. He's, he's got the ability to, to waive the no-trade clause, but the Jets are ready to trade for him. The Packers are ready to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. It's all about where does Aaron Rodgers want to be. What does Aaron Rodgers even want? That's the question. The guy is an enigma. He's different than any other quarterback in terms of the way he carries himself, some of the interests he has, some of the priorities he's put on his life. It's very interesting. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and where he might end up, 601-885-3776. That's the Ag Up Equipment. John Deere Tractor text line. It's been on fire today. We've had some incredible, incredible texts, and we're going to get into a couple of them right here, but 601-885-3776. That's how you join the Out of Bounds Show via the Ag Up Equipment text line. One day, uh, one text here. Go, Tony Joe, we were talking SEC football scheduling. And some of the different strength of schedules, ease of schedule, how recruiting rankings play into that. And Tony Joe says, Texas football will not excel in the SEC because they have terrible athletic department leadership. But based on history, OU has Oklahoma has de- demonstrated the ability to produce exceptional performance over time. Interesting. Tony Joe, I want to let you I want to let you know something. Yes, Oklahoma has been run better than Texas in recent years when you talk about football. Yes, Oklahoma under Bob Stoops and then Lincoln Riley was a much better football program than what Texas put together for the most part over the last 23 years. You are correct about that. However, do not let that get your mind twisted when we look ahead to what will happen when Oklahoma joins the SEC. Texas has a talent profile that's going to at least keep them competitive in the conversation. I think Oklahoma's talent profile is going to continue to slip because they haven't consistently been an elite recruiter at the level of your Georgia, Alabama, LSU, A&M, and even Texas, Southern Cal, Ohio State. And Oklahoma will be facing an incredibly difficult schedule, a la Texas, something that the two programs really have never had to face. They've never had to face six top 25 recruiters in a row. They've never had to face three top 10 recruiters in a row. They've never had to go away to a number five recruiter, home to a number 10 recruiter, away to a number five recruiter. They've never done that. And I think Oklahoma and Texas, I don't think Texas is going to be inherently ahead of Oklahoma in this. I think both programs are going to struggle mightily when it comes to the wear and tear and the strength factor and the physicality index of playing week in and week out 12 weeks of SEC football. 
it's going to be incredibly difficult for Texas and Oklahoma to adjust. So I don't, I don't disagree that Oklahoma has a history of being successful in the Big 12. We're all aware of that. I think where I would disagree is this theory that Oklahoma's success in the Big 12 somehow indicates that they will be successful moving forward in the SEC. That I can't agree with. That I would say would be a long shot when it comes to the betting odds. So we'll see. It will be interesting to see how how does Oklahoma, how does Texas ingratiate themselves into SEC football? We saw what Missouri did, and we saw what A&M did when they first walked into the league. Now, A&M got Johnny Manziel, and it, and it took the league by storm. Missouri made two SEC East championship game appearances, which is incredible given the talent profile that they have which is basically non-existent. But I don't see that happening for Texas and Oklahoma. We're also going to have something different that no one else has faced and none of these other SEC schools have dealt with, which is we're going to have the non-East, non-West scheduling. That's right. We're not going to have SEC East and West. Whether we go to eight games or stay at eight games or go to nine conference games, we're doing away with the SEC East and West, and the schedule will be much more balanced, much more balanced in terms of when you play certain teams, how often you play certain teams. Those things matter as well. That will impact how programs perform over a five-year, 10-year window. Instead of playing Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and A&M guaranteed every year, you're going to have some years where you don't have to play some of those teams. And depending on how the rotation falls out, whether it's the eight-game or nine-game rotation, your program might have the occasional year that lines up where you've got a great schedule for SEC standards and you've got an NFL quarterback. And now all of a sudden, things look better. But I think Oklahoma is in for a rude awakening when they walk in the door in 2024. A rude awakening. Uh, If you think it's going to be easy sledding for Oklahoma because they had success in the Big 12 over the last 20 years... I got some beachfront property up in North Mississippi to sell you. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone, powered by Mississippi Smart Homes. MSSmarthomes.com. Let Jake Manning and the crew get you taken care of, whether it's home theater, whether it's uh, security systems, whether it's outdoor lighting, automation, whatever it might be, make your life a little easier. Let MS Smart Homes, Mississippi Smart Homes, MSSmarthomes.com, come take care of your system. They'll make it easy for you to use. It's just one touch, and that's all you got to do. MSSmarthomes.com. SEC Insider Hit coming up next. Dogs and Gators at 12. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. MississippiSportsMedicine.com for any orthopedic hiccup. Uh, we welcome in Ross Dellinger. Sports Illustrated, we'll, we'll say this. Uh, National College football writer joining us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Uh, obviously, he's got some amazing sources throughout the world of college football, and uh, he dropped an article and what may or may not be uh, the new SEC scheduling format. But uh, if they go to nine games, it's three permanent, six rotation and Ross, if you had to handicap it, uh, do they stay at eight, or, or does do they stay at eight, or does ESPN Disney kick in enough money for them to go to nine? Oh yeah, it, this is a um, it's been a, a fairly hot debate now, running for close to a year or so, maybe more than a year with uh, SEC, not just administrators but coaches too. Uh, in presidents uh, weighing in on this issue, and um, you know, I think last year around this time, you say it would, it, it would probably the room was probably split. Maybe it was exactly split eight to eight. Uh, I don't know that now. I, I get the feeling that um, they're leaning toward nine. Um, I just I don't know that there's a huge majority in that. Uh, if I had you know, kind of um, if I had to. If I had to pick, uh, I, I would probably say nine, but um, I'm not super confident in that because uh, there there does seem to be um, a, a wide variety of issues with with going to nine, you know, um, and uh, and that's been brought up now for for a year, so they've been going back and forth with this thing. So the and that would be more losses and more coaches getting fired. And an even more, uh, more of a coaching carousel than we already have in the SEC because you're going to average whatever it is, Ross. Right? I mean, point seven five one one and a half more losses a year, just depending if you go to the three plus six, which is the nine game format. Well, there, there, there's a lot. There, there's a lot of issues with going to nine. There's issues with the eight model too. So, you know, to break it down, and the, the two models that they're 
they're zeroed in on her. The eight is an eight-game model where we have one permanent and seven rotational opponents, nine-game, three permanent, six rotational. I think if if you kind of break down some of the negatives of, of each, uh, a, a nine-game model, as you said, yes, that is definitely one negative, right? You'd, you'd have more – I mean, somebody's going to lose the game. So you'd have more SEC teams with one more – one more loss on the schedule because a ninth game would probably replace an F a game against an FCS or group of five team um, in a lot of ways. So you, you, you'd have pretty much a guaranteed win um, in, in half the league would have that loss. So there's that. Then there is the, com- the scheduling component. Uh, you know, many schools have scheduled, has have made their non-conference schedules uh, already for the next five, seven, even ten years, they've they've got games on the books. Those games will have to be moved and/or bought out, um, which can be millions of dollars in some cases. Some of these buyouts are like one million, one point five million dollars buying out non-conference games. The third issue with a nine-game schedule is the imbalance in home games. So, yeah, the first year of a, of the schedule. You know, there's going to be half the league that will have four home games and half the league that will have five home games, uh, and that is an issue. And then it will continue. Obviously, it flips back and forth. So, in one, you know, year one you'd have four, year two you'd have five, back to back to year three you'd have four. So that is, is an issue already. I think the big issues with the eight-game schedule is you lose the secondary rivalry games on an annual basis, the Auburn-Georgias, the Tennessee-Alabamas, the Texas, Texas A&M's, which will be revived, uh, you would think, and, and you, you lose that every year. So um, that's probably the big negative there. And, and obviously, uh, you know, a second negative to the eight-game schedule is you don't get that extra revenue because there will be some kind of extra revenue coming from ESPN for a, but, a ninth game. I just don't know how much it is. But will it be – so if I'm an AD and I'm talking to my chancellor or president, we're visiting with Ross Dellinger. Sports Illustrated, SI.com. And everything that you just laid out, Ross, I think there'll be more firings because of it, which means more buyouts with not just head coaches, coordinators, you know, assistants, the whole thing. Um, and then you're, you could lose your, your place as far as bowl game. I'm not worried about bowl payout, but, it, but you've got to buy out you got to try to maybe buy out the power five non-con games that you were referencing that they, all these guys, all these schools have scheduled to me that offsets that could offset where we're going with maybe Disney ESPN kicking in a little bit more for a ninth game. How do you see that Ross? Yeah, that's, that's why there's such an importance on the, the additional revenue and how much revenue is coming. You know, is it uh, is it $2 million extra per school per year? Is it $4 million? Is it $6 million? Is it $8 million? You know, I can tell you that if it's 2 to $3 million, I don't know in some cases if that's worth it for, for schools. If it's 5 to $7 million, maybe the argument changes. So, I, you know, and I don't know – when they're supposed to get a definite on how much additional revenue is coming. Um, but uh, I know that is a very important part of all this because mm. of the reasons you're stating. Okay. So, 
All right, back to what it, where I was. If you had to bet a hundred dollars today, do they stay at eight or go to nine? Um, I would I would go to the casino and I would go to the craps table because I would have I would put my hundred dollars on the craps table thinking I'd have better chance oh, to get man. that right than this crazy stuff. But um, no, I I would I would go to nine. Yeah, I would I would guess, but I'd be I'm literally you know I'd be. 60, 40, 55, 45 okay. when it comes to that. Uh, it, I, I'm, not, um, I'm not confident at all in that bet. Okay, because here's what I'm just, I'm just doing some votes here. And, and the Blue Bloods, I mean, there's really only so many in the league, right? And so I, I've got Mississippi State. I, I could be wrong, right? But I've got Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Auburn, Florida, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kentucky, Vandy, and South Carolina voting against the nine. Now, I don't know what Georgia, Bama, and LSU, and Texas, or Texas A&M, but, I, you know, I think those other schools would look at it, because I think Oklahoma's going to take a massive step back in the, in the, in the real league, Ross. And, and so, you know, do you think I'm off there thinking that that many, that many president slash ADs would get together and say, I don't, think we want nine conference games even with a even with a five to seven million dollar a year bump well i i think um i think that this is part of the issue they're having is that there is a wide swath of teams in the league um that yeah that don't want an extra loss um and uh that don't want to have to spend money on as you mentioned buyouts and firings and stuff um, in in uh, buying conference games they have scheduled. So I don't know that it's hard to peg each school and what they would vote because there has been some, uh, there's been plenty of waffling back and forth. <laughs> I mean, um, there's been several schools that are in the top half of the league, right? That, that uh, last year around this time were gung ho for nine. And then at the SEC spring meetings in Destin last May, all of a sudden, they came into the room and said, "Oh, you know what? On second thought, we like eight. And and now, you know, ten months later, they're in a those team, those schools are in a situation where, who knows where they're going to vote? They're just kind of waffling, kind of wafting back and forth, um, kind of floating. And also, let me say this: um, the the three permanent, the proposed three permanents for each school, which has been somewhat disseminated to schools, and I put out." the projected list. Sure. Just best guess. That's impacting views. I mean, you saw what Nick Saban said uh, to me about his disagreement in the proposed three permanent opponents for, for Alabama. That's impacting the way maybe a team would vote. If, if they don't agree on the three permanents, all of a sudden maybe their vote changes. Oh, I think burns up in arms over it. That's just, you know, what I'm hearing. I don't know how they're, president slash chancellor sees it and then it gets into the whole <laughs> some of these guys are academic wonks you know how when when you're an ad and maybe a head coach i guess uh i mean obviously saban gets a, a say but you know when you're trying to walk through a guy through who's a president or a chancellor not all but a lot of them have no business acumen that's fascinating to me too and then of course we know that sankey carries a big stick but it still comes down to the presidents and chancellors um 
Okay, on your projected that you dropped last week, SI.com, on your projected nine-game model, three permanent, six rotation, how accurate do you think what you received is? Well, and I'll tell you how I how I did this. And, and, and this is like probably the third version of this. I think I dropped one last May before spring meetings. I dropped it. I dropped one again um, in maybe uh, in the fall. And then that same one I used earlier in January. And over the last probably six weeks since that one dropped in January, I've tweaked some things and I, I tweaked some things from the one dropped in January compared to the one last May. So there's been tweaks based on conversations within people in the league. And again, it, it, so it's it's real easy to pick two permanent opponents for each team because everybody's pretty much got a primary, and most teams have a secondary rival rivalry. It's really hard to pick a third opponent, and the way you pick a third opponent is you base it on that metric of success. The you know which apparently according to Nick Saban, the school is doing is a ten year success metric where uh, they're compiling conference records for the last ten years and separating the lead in a separating the league into a top eight and a bottom eight based on those standings the last 10 years. And they're trying to make sure that if you're in the top, you get two tops in a bottom for your, for your permanent opponents. If you're in the bottom, you get two bottoms in a top. So that's the that's I did it the best that I could. I would say, you know, that this is, this is pretty accurate. And then once it was put out, though, on Friday, the response I got, from people within the league where that this is pretty close. Okay. All right. So there you go. Ross Dellinger, SI.com on the out of bounds show. I don't think we should be listening to a 71 year old coach. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just, I understand he's the goat, but I don't. Who it's, do you, who, it's not going to change. Anything. I would tell you, it's not changing. It's not changing. My Alabama's Alabama's three permits will not change. Okay, so and they shouldn't. Uh, how much is Disney ESPN there as they negotiate with Commissioner Sankey? Their bottom line, both scenarios are pretty damn good. I mean, we're getting better matchups. I mean, this has taken way too long, but that we don't have time to go into that. Um, how much you know? The bottom line, ESPN's just saying, "Hey, we want we want better matchups." of the big boys through the rotation, right? Isn't that right, Ross? Well, yeah, and there's a couple of things going on here. It's it's not only does the net, do the networks and the in the league in general want better matchups. Uh the league in, in Nick Saban has been public about this quite a bit. So has a lot of other coaches. You want to play um teams more often in your own league. I think it was Alabama and Florida a year or two ago. They played for the first time in 10 years. They hadn't played in like 10 years. And you're, you're having some of these big, long gaps, the way the schedule is structured now with divisions and such, that you're having these big, long gaps of these teams playing one another. And now this new divisionless kind of schedule, either in the eight or the nine, right, you, you, you would play every – you'd play each other at least twice every four years home, home and away. Um, so you see, you see everyone a little more often, um, which is again something that everybody's kind of wanted the networks and the conference as well. Okay. Um, do you 
Do you know of any school that's fighting? Well, other than Bama, that's either pro yeah, I mean, or 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 con, one way or the eight or nine, like very very vocal. Uh, nobody else, AD coach wise, has been too public except for Texas A and M. Their athletic director Ross Bjork has been pretty public that he believes the SEC should play more conference games and that nine games is the way to go. You know what? And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll correct myself there. Uh, Scott Strickland has been pretty vocal that the SEC should play nine games as well. You're, you're not seeing as many schools come out publicly for eight games, you know, saying the eight games. And it's probably because there's maybe some perceived weakness in that, right? But you are seeing – uh, a few schools, the A&M, Florida, like I just mentioned, I think LSU has come out publicly in support of the nine games. Oh. Um, you know, but but so you're 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 you are seeing some schools that have trying to think in my as I'm talking, I'm trying to think in my mind if I've seen anybody else really come out publicly strong either way, and I really haven't. Those three come to mind for nine games. Alabama obviously comes to mind um, recently uh, with Coach Saban's comments. Uh, otherwise, I haven't seen much, but you can, you know, it's not real hard. And I think you've uh, you figured it out. You mentioned it earlier, but uh, the schools, whether it's four to six to eight, who would prefer to, to stay oh, oh. status quo and, and stay at eight because they don't want to take another loss. I wonder what Strickland's reasoning is there. That's interesting. Uh, well, his quote at SEC meetings last, because this is kind of old, actually, I, I, I'm just remembering it last May, and actually I, I circled back with that quote and put it in my story, my saving story. Uh, I think it, it, it was about adding value to the league. Um, the the You play more game, you know, you're already valuable, and to make the league even more valuable, you play more games, big high-profile matchups, you play more games against yourself to increase, even further increase the value of the league and the viewership and the ratings and all that stuff. Hmm. Okay. I guess, like you said, what at the the bottom line at the end of the day, what is ESPN going to offer? And mm, yeah. uh, so I lost a vote there. All right. So I had I had Strickland in the um in the yes category. So I'm let you, me, it's hard one, to predict. Two, it's hard three, to project. You, you, it's hard to project the, the votes. It is. I've I've tried in and I've been corrected internally by some people in the league. Like, no, 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 they're here, or no, 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 they're waffling. It's 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 tough. It's easier to project a small group of teams who would be against it, you know, and want to stay at eight. And it's it's easy, like you know, the Vanderbilts, right? You know, right. The, like uh, you know, the. But but that said, that said, a team, a school like Missouri, from what I've heard, they're for nine. Now you would what? So everybody has their own. Yeah, everybody has, and they haven't been public about that. Uh, or they haven't been real public about that, but some schools, it doesn't matter. They don't think about the losses and, and getting another loss. They think about the value of a conference in hosting every other year, hosting an extra SEC game. Okay. So that's an extra four to five million dollars. I wonder. All right. Let. How much? Yeah, we got time. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, SI.com on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. So an extra home game every other conference home game every other year mm -hmm. let's say that comes in at four to five million 
Is that enough to, again, let's just, let's say they're running it over 10 years. Is that enough to think I'm going to have to fire a whole new staff one more time over a 10-year period and we're buying out all these Power 5 non-cons? That's interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah it's a decision you have to make. Now, I, I tell you what, you're, you're, you are, and I'm not saying you're wrong, you're, but you are spending a lot of time on the, on the firing buyout situation, which I really haven't heard from many athletic officials in the league. Like that's one of the, like, that's an, I, I, I think you, you make a good point. It's just, it's a point that I haven't heard from people in the league as, as being used for, for, or against this issue. Cause I think the, the, I think they would say we're, if we're going to fire that coach in his staff, we're probably going to already fire him anyway. If he's losing that, ninth game or something, ninth conference game, extra conference game, he's probably on a trajectory where we're going to fire him anyway. Okay. Who's the most powerful president in the league right now? It's uh, a good question. I, um, you know, it'd be hard not to say Mark Kino at Mississippi State. You know, And I say that because he's, he's the chair of arguably the most powerful and influential body in all of college athletics, and that is the CFP board of managers, um, you know, and, and he, he chairs the SEC subcommittee, uh, presidential subcommittee on like multi like media rights, which <laughs> pretty important yeah. as well. Some would say Jerry Moorhead though at Georgia, he was the chair or maybe still is the, the chair of the, um, the one board of directors. Uh, he was over the transformation committee. Um, and then, uh, some would say the Kentucky president in his name right now is escaping me, Okay, but he also has been the chair of a lot of these, but it'd be hard not to say, yeah, Mark Keenum. Okay. I can't imagine all the jockeying, politicking and lobbying behind the scenes. Uh, I wonder if it's just bottom line going to be ESPN money. If it's enough, boom, we can all get the vote and get on the same page. If it's not, they can find one more nay or no, and and stay at eight. Uh, you did say that Saban's not liking this is not going to impact it whatsoever, correct? It's not going to impact Alabama's you know permanent opponents. I'd be shocked if that happens. Like yeah. If they go to nine, I would think Alabama will get those three. Now, will his comments in Alabama's stature in the room impact the eight versus nine vote? Maybe. Right. The Strickland thing's interesting to me. Okay. Blake, what do you have? I was just going to ask, Ross, whatever way to decide, is this going to be like a 10-year plan, 30-year plan? Like, how do they ratify this to move forward with the inclusion of Oklahoma, that, Texas? That is a great question. And, and it's one that I don't know that they've settled on yet. Um, there, there was a thought, actually, that they could do this in a short-term period just to kind of almost like a trial, like let's see how this works, like even a four-year thing or something. Um, I'd be surprised if it wasn't longer term, though. Uh, but they, that's a that's a good question. I don't and I don't, um, yeah, I don't I don't know that they've settled on that. Yeah, you know this though, Ross. Once once it's agreed to, if you go to nine, you don't ever go back. It's the whole horse out of the barn. You thing. can't go back. That's a great point, and it's something that was raised in the room. This like last May when a, a lot of people thought that they would make a decision on this and they didn't, that was one of the huge points raised in the room was, whoa, 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 if we do this, we can't ever go back. Okay. All right, read his work, Ross Dellinger, SI.com.
And, uh, Ross, we appreciate your time today, bud. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thanks, y'all. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated National College Football Writer. SI.com. SI.com. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We hope you have a great day. I'm headed to Pearl River Resort for the uh, the luncheon, the party, the Howell Gillum Awards at Pearl River Resort. So if you're going, I'll see you there. You can pick up my lunch. Hope you have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow. The Saints have Derek Carr, according to reports. So that's what we'll lead with from Mike Detillier at 830. Derek Carr from the Raiders to the Saints. We'll lead with that with Mike Detillier tomorrow. Have a great day. Hit the podcast, Apple Podcast. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.